0: Welcome to another episode of Surviving Gun Violence, The Impact, The Agony, The Aftermath. In today's episode, we discuss the terrifying events that took place at Heritage High School in Newport News, Virginia on Monday, September 20th. What is causing this recent rise in gun violence that we're seeing in our schools? Why have these occurrences become so prevalent? What role does mental health play in these events? How do we help our children? How do we stop these shootings and threats of violence? Welcome to Surviving Gun Violence, the Impact, the Agony, the Aftermath, and today we will be talking about um, communities in crisis. This is a special edition uh, that we want to discuss some of the events that have gone on in our local area. As many of our listeners know, we are in Hampton Roads, Virginia, also known as the seven cities for those of us who live in the area. And... This week we have faced some devastating, terrifying events in the escalation of gunfire, gun violence in our local schools. And we'd like to talk about that today and and touch on many of those or some of the events that have taken place. Most, I guess most importantly, I don't know if I say most importantly, but one of the big stories, the main story this week was the gun violence that took place at Heritage High School in Newport News, Virginia, uh, where there were injuries. Two people were injured. What is devastating and what is frightening about this topic is that over during 2021, just, just this year, there have been at least 82 instances of gunfire taking place on school campuses. Virginia has had four instances. This was a report that we picked up from everytownforgunsafety.com. We are second in line, if I'm remembering this correctly, I'm gonna pull it up and take a look to Illinois who has had five instances of gunfire take place in their schools. So this is what we'd like to talk about today as it pertains directly to our cause and the impact, agony and aftermath of said violence. I'm very excited today to welcome a special guest and JT our host is going to take a moment to introduce this gentleman who is going to share some insight with us and, in. Uh, join us in this discussion with regards to our communities and our schools in crisis. How are you doing today, JT?
1: I'm fine, and then how are you? I'm great, I'm wonderful, great. wonderful. Take it away. Well, we have our guest speaker today. He's um, Robert L. Turan. He's a school counseling, direct, counseling director and head of wrestling coach at Selim High. He's been uh, counseling for over 20 years and has been coaching, um, he's been counseling, excuse me, for over 20 years and has been coaching for over 30 years, all in the Tidewater area. He's a product of Norfolk Public Schools System and a graduate of Norfolk High School He received his Bachelor of Art degree in Mass Communication from Winston-Salem State University. His education degree from Old Dominion University and his master's degree from Norfolk State University. His philosophy is education is the key to unlocking all possibilities for those who seek them. Great
0: philosophy, Robert. How are you?
2: Going fine, Janice and Linda. Pleasure to be on the show.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. As we jump into our our discussion, I'd like to ask you, Robert, for your reaction to the week's events, uh, what we've seen in our area, and your reaction to the recent rise in gun violence that we've seen over the past few days and over the past few months, if you will, uh, during 2021, especially with there being 82 incidents at least in America, in the entire United States, that's quite a bit because school has just started. So we'd love to know your reaction. What are your thoughts with regards to this this rise in gun
2: violence? Well, it's pretty, uh, it's deeply troubling and it's tragic and it's unfortunate that uh, those scenes and those acts that take place happen on school grounds where the school grounds are meant as an institution for learning. But we know that there's been histories, not only here in Hampton Roads, but throughout the country, where unfortunately schools have to deal with that and the schools within our communities. So from that standpoint, you know, just things that took place over Newport News and things that I've just kind of followed and seen throughout my career as an educator, you know, you just kind of hope and pray Um, that it's not something that happens on a daily basis, you know, uh, because then that would really become even more of a tragedy to a point where it could kind of derail the school systems as we know it.
0: Absolutely. You know, something that occurs to me as I hear about the instances of violence is that, you know, back in high school, I'm, I'm going to date myself now back in the 80s, um, you know, it would have been far-fetched to think about a person having a gun in school. I'm not saying it didn't happen or it never happened, but we certainly didn't hear about it. And there was not the concern or the, the danger of this type of an event taking place. My mother didn't have to worry when my bus dropped me off at school that she would possibly be called because there was gun violence taking place in the school. We had fights, you know, people fought, you know, back in the day, that's what we did. But the the gun violence is quite frightening. What can you tell us or what are your thoughts based on what you have seen as an educator, as a counselor, as a coach, the impact these events have had on our students, our faculty the parents. What can you tell us about that impact?
2: Well, from my experience, of course, you know, I've, I've been in the local school system since the um, late 80s. But of course, as, as you mentioned, as we were growing up, certainly those things weren't prevalent as we were growing up in schools and, right. you know, fighting and what whatever altercations just kind of took place, you know, a couple of knives here and there, you know, a couple of we didn't even call them gangs back then. Right. What I've I've experienced and what I've seen is that, unfortunately, there's been a major increase in the access of firearms. And so this has matriculated throughout, you know, as, as, as far back as like the 90s, and now here we are over 20 some years later, and it's even more access and of course, uh, social media and some of those other outlets have not helped in regards to how you're able to obtain weapons uh, that that are uh, uh, provide a deadly force in regards to students being able to bring them or have them uh, occupied on on school grounds. So, um, a lot of times. You know, it is it is pretty pretty troubling. As an educator, you you try to go throughout the day without thinking that something like that could occur, but it's in the back of your mind, and, and you know that um, based on the beliefs of the leaders throughout the different school systems and throughout the different cities, you know, there's certain things that you need to really address and and uh, hold people accountable as well as all the stakeholders within the community in regards to making sure that these things don't travel into the schools and that you know we understand as a community how we need to address it. it and so that's been a constant throughout and it just appears like it's not fully being addressed and there's so many things that that weigh into how you address it in a manner where no one has to feel uncomfortable as far as coming to a, a place of learning. Um, unlike how it was when we were in school and that's not something you're worried about. Um, so from, from my, from my vantage point, you know, uh, I've worked in, in, Norfolk public schools and I'm currently in Virginia beach public schools and, you know, uh, different environments, different atmospheres, different values, different beliefs. And, um, The same thing applies to what took place over Newport News is, you know, just different things taking place within the communities. And if those communities happen to be uh, near a school, then those things that happen as far as gun violence could possibly matriculate to the school.
1: I'd like to um, ask you, so we had a podcast earlier that... um, came out of the mouth of babes. And we were brought, it was brought to our attention that um, children in the schools were recruited as young as seven years old. And it broke my heart. Can you um, give us your input on that, Robert?
2: Well, I don't know how Janice, I don't know how factual that is as far as in this area. There are some recruitments that are going on as far as kids joining uh, particular gangs or gangs that have been established. I can't say that they are not you know, gangs that are currently uh, present in our communities and in our schools, but certainly in other states and other areas, it's, it's a whole lot more of a concern as far as that recruitment at that young of an age okay but in regards to here in this area of course i don't don't know everything and you know you put yourself in or you place yourself in positions based on what type of relationships you build with some of the students in the schools who are willing to provide and share those things and so um this is where that, that social media starts to play its part because what they might see or hear in another area, a lot of times they like to imitate or duplicate those things. And so then it just rolls, you know, rolls like a like a snowball, it's a snowballing effect as it travels throughout the different mm-hmm. cities, all the different communities and different states and that type of thing. And because, um, the way the gun laws and things are set up becomes pretty difficult for us to be able to have some type of hold that's significant when it comes to who um, who who the owners are, as far as guns are concerned, you know, and, and there are things that are taking place in the community to where that's one of the things that that, I guess teenagers, young adults thrive on as far as trying to find or get get a handle of, of weapons, okay, uh, to perform or do whatever acts that that they think is going to draw attention. And it's unfortunate that the schoolhouses are some of those places or arenas that they want to draw that attention to. It believes really unfortunate.
0: You know, we talk about the contributing factors and you named a few, you know, that that, uh, are potential uh, contributing factors. We talked about the the rise of gangs and gang activity, gun availability, gun laws, in some people's opinions being more lax than they should be. Uh, I know they're different from state to state, uh, you know, possibly from city to city. I'm not sure, I think we've got state laws that govern. Gun availability, but you know what? What role do you think that the gun availability plays? Why, why is it that it's so exciting for our young people? Do you think to have that firepower in their hands, if you will? And and I have to add this on: what role do you believe that mental health plays in all of this?
2: Well, Linda, it's funny because. All of us, in some form or fashion, like to taste power. In some form of fashion, and with that power, some of us tend to use it more in a negative way than in a positive way. Okay, and so for me, and, and from my my viewpoint, and even my own experiences, you know, with firearms and things like that, or friends, or you know, students that, I, that I've uh, come in connection with, that's one of the things that, that they seek, you know, along with um, knowing that, hey, if I get into anything of a, of a consequence or a conflict with others, I have a weapon that I will resort to, to protect myself, okay? Or I have a weapon that I will resort to if I need to seek vengeance on my own. And so you, you see that becoming a a, a a reason as to why these things kind of take place and they still, right? It appears that long, long has gone the days of where, you know, just two people, if they had some type of uh, uh, conflict or or some type of resentment against each other. You know, Young people call it beef. Right. They would square off and fight each other. Right. And at that point, especially when I was growing up, there were three things that took place. You fought each other and then you left each other alone based on the outcome. You fought each other and you fought each other again because you didn't <laughs> like the outcome. Okay. <laughs> and there's even been scenarios where you fought each other And became best friends. Yeah, and then you wound up becoming friends. Right. (laughs) And that has gone out the window. And certainly, you know, I could classify it in a manner, but that's just how things have progressed, okay? And so, uh, you know, I'll be careful with classifying that, but those things have kind of drifted away as society has continued to chart his course into the future. So from a mental standpoint, you know, uh, everything in regards to what takes place now is more of a mental issue than it was as, as far as us coming up and, you know previous, previous generations. And so uh, it is very easy for a person to become uh, emotionally unstable, psychologically unstable, mentally unstable, and then what they tend to do is try to draw or attract others to feel that way. So imagine that that starts to play, take place and now you got one who's trying to multiply it to two, to four, to six, and so on. So now you have a lot of mental unstableness going on, which could revert to certain things that may turn into some uh, some type of violence because of the the the, the anger within or the anguish and that type of thing, and so you're seeing more of that, you know. And so this is the world that we have kind of set for our kids in regards to, and I'll tie it in again to you know social media and those things that you see that the kids get to see that we didn't get to see, you know. And so. I didn't know about any, any, any gangs and shootings that were taking place in, in California or Illinois, you know, those places like that are, that are highly concentrated. But now it's easy, just like it is when you see people who, who want to manifest and, and claim firearms as a part of their daily lives and then not valuing life itself. And so then they don't have an issue. They don't care about them, like their lives, so why should I care about yours? And
1: and Robert, you made a point when you said
2: the progression of the
1: gun violence, it it, it really has progressed the gun violence. I agree with that, and it's become a true epidemic, and that's the illness of it. And as far as the communities, wow. As far as the communities, as far as us, what can we do to stop these shootings and threats of violence? What, what place, where do you think we can go where I've come from? What's our role maybe yes. as a community members To save these children and to stop the, the shootings and the threats of violence. How, how do we help our children? The offenders as well as the victims. It's a great
0: question because I don't—I wouldn't know where to start, you
2: know. It's a—it's a great question. It's an extremely tough question to answer, um, and you know, in the in the process of and trying to answer it, personally, I don't have all the answers, and it takes just—it takes more than me to uh, to give my thoughts. And my views on how I feel about it, but I can share with you that, you know, if if you know something, certainly you should say something, and that's that's almost a quote that we use with with students within the school systems who are considering, you know, suicide. They give you signs. They give you little little alerts, little flags that they're doing things that could be possibly. Of of uh, suicide ideations or self harm and that type of thing, uh, they show you depressed states. They show you that they're they're down and not feeling well, and so because they're feeling that way, they they kind of emulate the the non willingness to want to go on. You know, they feel like they're not a part of. So if you take that and you look at you know, how the gun violence is on the rise. One, the access these days is so easy for teenagers, preteens, and young people to access, you know, guns. And it becomes, you know, pretty much um, uh, very frightening that You have students who are are under the age of 14 that know how to access, you know, guns. And so uh, this country has a, a lot of discussions and things that they need to do in order to combat the things that we're currently going through. And I don't know if you have the willingness from the powers that be to want to do that because of you know gun rights, and and I I need to protect myself and those type of things. I know for myself and the certain experiences. You know, many of the guns that this, that the students come across, cause they're not buying them. You know, they're not taking them from somebody physically. It's gaining access where they're able to steal them, or get them from someone who has stolen them, and many times as gun uh, owners, okay, licensed gun owners, they tend to leave their their weapons in their cars and those type of places. And the cars are the, probably the most easiest access as far as students, you know, breaking into cars. And they might not break into homes because they put them at risk, you know, as far as the owner is concerned. But, you know, when you leave guns and other firearms and cars and, and people who are seeking those things can access them or at least, you know, be given that opportunity to to confiscate them from those cars, then they're going to do that. And so you know that there's bad intentions, malintentions that are that are being that are taking place. And so we we can't lose sight of that because, you know, unfortunately uh, my grandmother used to say that it's all good in everyone, but there's a taste of bad in us too.
0: You know,
2: and so it's, it's how well we're able to manage and balance that. And, you know, some people tend to want to go the other way. So, you know, certainly for me, you know, uh, it has to start at the top and trickle its way down. And that's with, you know, gun laws and those particular things. And I'm not talking about, you know, locking up people and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's just more of okay this is what we're doing, that's not always, you know, how you should handle it. But if we're able to do things as far as changing some of the the laws and then uh, restricting some things within, you know, the states, the cities and the communities, then I, I certainly feel that you wouldn't see some of these things as far as the violence in the schools. But you know, people people are not saying anything. They're not, you know, you, you you can see it, and it's like, okay, well, it's not for my job to to say. But you know, if I'm seeing a kid that's 16 years old flashing a gun, you know, certainly if he's flashing at me, I should be in fear. But at the same time, if it's them hanging on a the corner, they're just holding guns and that type of thing. And you know, that's not the the the, the routine thing to do. You know, why, why not? Why not report that? then right. you know we've gotten to a point where if it's none of my business is not affecting me then i'm not going to afford it you know and and i don't want to say that that's fear or being frightened or or, or concerned about if it, if something's going to approach you but these things need to take place you know in order for us to make sure that that we maintain the safe environment that we want
1: a good civilization you know a product of several. Um, I, I was talking with Linda the other day about premeditating. Now like I said, I I'm not, I don't want to take anyone's privilege of a gun for protection as far as your home, your family, your person. But if the laws were set, let me ask you how you might consider this. If the laws were set when in, you have a confrontation outside of away from your home. And okay, you wait there. I'll be back. And you go all the way home to get your weapon. And you go all the way back. You have and you have premeditatedly came back to kill someone. In the same instance of having a gun on you because you have the right to carry a gun. Do you feel that that's saying the same exact thing? I'm carrying this gun because I already know I'm going to premeditatively kill
2: someone. Well, certainly anyone that, that, that carries a gun possesses a certain amount of power in regards to if they decide that they want to use the gun on that person that they feel like has threatened them or intimidated them, that type of thing. You know, uh, possessions of guns tend to to have you do certain things that you wouldn't do. It's almost like you got a cape on you and you feel invincible. And so just imagine you know, when we talk about growing up, kids who are younger are much more fearless than we are. You know, because as you grow up and you learn certain things, and and the the results of them based on what happens. You know, I can remember jumping off the the garage roof of my grandmother's house into the next neighbor's yard and being very reckless and fearless, and it didn't bother me. Ask me to do that now. <laughs> And I know that, you know, possibly I could injure myself. Right. So, you know, with 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 teenagers, some of our most unpredictable people, all right, they're willing to take more risk and be more reckless and fearless because they think that they're invincible. And so they don't necessarily respect, you know, life per se. And then mm-hmm. when things start to going to a stereotyping type of thing, like some of our African-American males have been told, you're not going to live past 21 or 25 or this and that. You know, those things uh, uh, infest the mind, okay, and just kind of dilutes how they should be maturing and things that they should be doing in life as far as wanting to live, you know, a life that's, like you said, Jan, Janus productive.
1: Productive. Is
2: best worthwhile that's respected that type of thing and then other thing is that you know everybody wants to display a certain image of wanting to be this this bad boy and I can confess that you know when I was in that age group you know there was a period of time where I wanted to 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 do that and I don't know if that's a if that's uh, uh, a custom from the the uh, the ethnicity that I come from, African American, you know, I don't know if that's that's just hey, you know, uh, phase. This is the way I want to be accepted, or phase, you know, those type of things. But certainly, you know, it. it uh, I was not exempt from those things, and at some point, you got to make a mind. But some some of them get caught up, and they get deep, and you know, it's almost like a point of no return. You know, when you're trying to get them to understand, you know, what's important and that you don't have to include violence in your life as a part of uh, who you are or your stature or how you want to be, uh, I guess, seen and respected. So, you know, when you talk about the premeditations and those, those type of things, you know, for me, anytime that someone possesses a weapon, you know, I don't know if it's so much pre premeditated but the intent is there if need be you know depending on you know the the situation and and where you are you know and, and and you know how things just kind of develop and that's the thing that we can't predetermine when it comes to a lot of the gun violence you know so where do you where do you start and and how do you maintain? And I just don't just don't think it's a it's addressed enough because of how society, you know, and and how from a political standpoint, the the uh, the right to want to possess, you know, the, this this uh, this uh, um, uh, amendment of I have the right to possess, you know, a firearm to and protect myself. Now, certainly that's not what the teenagers are thinking right,
0: <laughs> they could
2: yeah. care, care less about what a or, or your rights that you have you know hey if I can possess a, a weapon and if I if I, if I want to use it then, then certainly I will I know if you're carrying a, if you're carrying a gun guess what you want to do you want to shoot it whether you're trying to hurt someone or not because I've been in that position.
0: And where does it start? You know, it's 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 almost, understandably, there's some, there's responsibility at the legislative le- level, and there has to be a balance created between, yes, it's my right as an adult versus here's this epidemic of people thriving on this violence and this power.
1: And because I can carry a weapon, because you've given me the right to walk around with a, 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 a what is it, a concealed weapon permit. Um, so I'm I'm really bad, and I can walk around like this. And if you spit on the sidewalk, and I don't like what you do, because I have my right to carry my weapon, and I ain't like what you do, I'm going to shoot you for t- spitting on the sidewalk. No. It, it, it the the in my belief, weapons should be at home. And in my belief, if you go all the way home to get a weapon, you are in serious trouble if you use it to come back, to come
2: back and use it. I mean, I totally agree with that because the intent is to want to harm someone, mm-hmm. you know
1: and, and I- that, that's why, in the same token, I say, there shouldn't be no uh, legal right to walk around with a gun. Because to walk around with the gun, you're saying the same thing. But you have a longer time to think to go all the way home and come back. But having that right to carry that gun, you don't have that split section to think. You just do. And we have to give people the opportunity to Think. If you can't think,
2: you will do. Well, certainly, it. Is, I mean, it's a it's a reaction, you know, regardless of whether it's a positive one or a negative one. And, and there are people who who decide not to think, and therefore they do, you know, react. And it might not be in a manner that that is 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 safe for the person that their reaction is going towards um you know people who are who are allowed to walk around with with guns they're not they're not the teenagers and things like that but they are the persons that a gun can be stolen from them if they're not if they're not managing their their firearm so in this country you know you have the right to bear arms and if you are within that legal age and you don't have certain charges or felonies or misdemeanors or whatever on you and they they do a background check on you and and you come up with being clean you know or they don't have anything as far as any type of criminal background on you then you can purchase a gun
1: and what about mentally what about mental? I mean,
2: if there's no record, well, just, they, there's no record, and they don't really do a mental or mental okay, background but, check.
1: But see, these things really need to be um, ventured
2: and and. Um, and this is what's normally lobbied when you get into, you know, laws and how you're going to sanction them and how you're going to rectify certain things when it comes to gun laws. And then you know everything for me it winds up coming down to. You know the money, and who has the finances, and and, and how you're going know to lean, and you know those who have the finances. Here again, this is another form of power, you know, that can hurt and harm people. And you know, you don't even have a bullet coming out of out of any in, in type of finances, but it can hurt you and harm you in a in in an indirect type of way.
1: And at the end of the day, everyone is a victim. The person that's hurt and the person that actually pulls the trigger. Everyone becomes a victim. Yeah. And this is what is unacceptable for me. Because yes, um, I think about how people have been put, uh, lives have been interrupted because they were shot and killed. But I also think of that life that shot and killed that person's life being interrupted
2: as well. And, and certainly that is that is true, and you know, um, and then we mentioned about certain things as as we were growing up, as far as the you eighties know, and graduating that type of thing, and you know, even when I was in in high school, I can recall at least three shootings of friends in high school, and that was in the eighties. Wow. Okay, so you know, we're once again we're not exempt or immune from it and these things are matriculated you know great or small they have matriculated through but they've been you know from from once again from my viewpoint of what i've what i've experienced you know they have taken place is it taking place more absolutely you know it was very rare um but you know i i just don't know what you do in 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 combating or at least trying to reduce significantly the violence that takes place. And I'm trying not to use certain choice words because there's there's certain words that I want to use for people who, you know, want to use, you know, guns in a manner to want, you know, that know what the ultimate outcome could be. And that is a loss of life.
0: Right. And there's yeah. a lack of appreciation for that, I think, is what
2: disturbs right. me so badly you know when you
0: yeah
2: right and when you have someone who doesn't value that i don't know how you change that 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 way of thinking because that's something that's deeply rooted when you know you don't value another person's life and if you don't certainly uh it's 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 even more devastating when they don't even value their own lives so if they don't value their own lives you know they don't mind taking someone else's and they don't mind giving theirs away, and they'll probably be more more apt to want to take yours. Yeah.
1: To well prevent- let's, say, let's say at that
2: given moment,
1: but later on down the line, like I said, a victim is a victim. You know? And you know, if you never um, uh, were a victim ever in any shape, form or fashion, then you don't know the outcome. But once you find out the outcome, you then say, what what did I do? And oftentimes, once you do realize it, it's too late. It's too late. Right. Right. And this is what this podcast is about. It's about being a victim of gun violence And, and saving, trying to save lives on both sides of the aisle.
0: And I think that's a great point, um, Janice. And I have to ask, you know, as citizens in our communities, as parents, years ago, I facilitated a training session, a coaching session called the question behind the question. And the basic question behind the question was, what more can I do in order to achieve the desired outcome? Yes there are things that have to happen at the legislative levels and there are things we can impact but we don't have the power necessarily to change them although we can speak up what things do we control that we can change potentially as citizens in our communities as parents as as educators uh, in your opinion robert
2: I'm sorry I repeat the question again
0: my question is what what things can we change? change? What, do we, what do we have control over that we can impact to try and make a change in our communities, and well, school
2: systems? Yeah, currently, currently what you're doing now is, 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 you know, providing a platform where you can share the knowledge, share the concern, share the importance of how it affects, you know, those who wind up becoming victims, whether, you know, whether regardless of what end is, is on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's done enough, you know, so having a, a couple of podcasts or, you know, having people standing out in a, in a rally to support you know, people who were victims of gun violence, you know, certainly, you know, that spills out to a very small community. And the thing that you battle with also is the media because most of the media spends it in a negative light, you know, opposed to trying to find ways and resources to, you know, once again, channel and and compare it as far as the change is concerned it's always reporting on a negative factor when you see these things on tv so you know and you see it and you see it and you see it and so for me that just kind of sends a signal that 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 person just go ahead and do it because hey that's all you know you know i mean if you if you keep telling me it's a duck (laughs) you know (laughs) and then and that's all you keep telling me it is eventually that's what I say it is even though it might be something else so you know the the knowledge of saying something you know speaking on 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 behalf of you know you got people that do that but it's it sometimes it just seems like it tends to fall on deaf ears in regards to you know, people who are in power that can do some things substantially to make a change. You know, so it becomes so it becomes greater than than us, and we're in this, this this small pool. You know, of things. Okay, and so um, for me, I don't. I know I said at the top, but from a from a federal type thing, I don't know if it's going to take place. So, the initiative has to come more from the communities and work throughout your cities and your states and your counties, I would think, in order to to try to formulate something that the federal government can say, hey, we need to support this. You know, we need to support this. You know, um, it will be wonderful. The answer will be, let's just remove all weapons. But I don't even know how you do that. Well,
1: you can't do that because, like you have people that hunt. Uh, but I'm hunting is different. You're hunting animals. People, human, are human beings. We are not animals. You don't shoot us down in the streets and leave us there. We do matter. All black lives, all lives, every life. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna use your gun to hunt, hunt animals.
2: Well, you know, and that, and see, that's the thing, um, Janice, because we can't develop, dictate, and control a person's mindset and how they want to apply what they do with a with a firearm. But, you know, certainly we can try to encourage, you know, the proper use and the proper things of, but, you know, this world is, is sinister when it comes to, You know certain people and how they act and behave and we and we know this a question for you robert a question
1: and now ducks cross the street and can stop traffic and you know you're going to stop for that duck
2: well at least Ninety percent of them, but you do have one or two that will run over there. Oh, no. One or
1: two, I can deal with. We're not seeing no, one or two no, with the gun. But, that we're well, seeing an epidemic.
2: It, it, of it, it, of add, it adds up because that, right. that one or two could be in Norfolk. That one but or two could two. be in Chesapeake. That one or two, and it can but it, I'm it can multiply based on the influence. But you know, you have that.
1: You
0: have that law
1: that stops you from running over them ducks.
0: I think Robert's point, though, is that most people are abiding by gun laws. It is the, the ones that not the 20% bad. or what the smaller percentage that's that why are making law. it bad. But that's, not or, law. That,
2: that, that's what it is because certainly, okay, that <laughs> those ducks crossing the street really bother me. <laughs> and there are times <laughs> where I want to say, "Okay, I'm gonna run over one of them." <laughs> I blow, and, I, and I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm gonna shoot you straight, but I I know that that's not the right thing to do. But some people are not some people are not considerate in that way. Okay, to do the right and thing. so you know, I will see one of those ducks laying lame and dead in the street because somebody did it. <laughs> did you see them though yeah you do yeah.
1: somebody hit it
2: they didn't hit themselves
1: no they didn't
2: hit somebody it. hit it and so and that's all it takes but you know that that was
1: just a little
2: yeah the parallel love but yeah mm-hmm. I, I, I certainly understand i you know so in in a comical way i speed up and watch them fly off walk off real fast and try to get out the way but hey that's how it goes
0: Um, what I wanna, just putting this out there, um, as you mentioned, having this platform to try and change mindsets, educate others, this is a, the beginning stages, I guess, if you will, of a greater call to action for us where we're looking to establish a nonprofit to fight against the epidemic of gun violence and to help victims who have lost loved ones as a result of gun violence. That includes a lot of, of pieces, but we're looking to hopefully make a change by establishing that nonprofit coming soon. What I would like to say as the producer of this podcast, I noticed that once the incidents the incident took place at Heritage High School, suddenly there were other threats being made at area high schools. I saw a long list of area high schools. I want to say maybe 20. It's seven cities. I know. It was schools all over the city. Unbelievable. But what I want to say is this, because when you hear of something, kids, students, teenagers, when you hear that something is going to happen, and we know that they're hearing about it because we're seeing the posts on social media, because there was a post about the Heritage High School situation a couple weeks before it happens. Say something, sweetheart. I'm going to tell you right now. Call us. Set up my WhatsApp page for this podcast tonight. Call us. We will keep you anonymous and we will report it. I'll report it myself because I am serious. Janice and I are serious about stopping
1: the the unnecessary epidemic of gun violence. The devastation. We want you to have childhood. We want you to be little, young adults, to grow into magnificent adults, exceptional adults. We want you to take up the cross and carry it across the finish line. Take the baton, run, and make the best out of your lives. This is all we want. The best for you all out. want you to be the best you can be. And not have your life interrupted unnecessarily. Behind nonsense. No reason. No real reason. If you're hungry and you steal something, maybe later on you can go back to the store and repay the store manager for what you stole. But when you take a life, Always remember, you can never,
0: ever give that life back. Right. Robert, any closing thoughts, anything that you would like to share that you haven't already?
2: Uh, I just wanna thank you for allowing me on the show. I think it's 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 a wonderful platform. And I thank y'all, both ladies, both of you are doing a wonderful job as far as the show is concerned and um, certainly I would like to see some things change and this particular podcast may lead to some change. So I would like to encourage y'all to continue to strive, believe, and, and want to seek what's best in trying to reduce gun violence altogether. If it can happen, you know, and so, um, you know, we have, to, we have to know and understand that it's, it's, it's something that with anything, you know, if we, if we put our, our prayers and thoughts and, and our, our, ourselves into the cause, then certainly there'll be some things that justifiably can change for the better. And so I, I just wanna say that y'all keep on, you know, doing the things that you're doing in regards to this, uh, this cause.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you, Robert. We really appreciate you uh, joining us. And we hope to have uh, another fulfilled conversation with you
0: again.
2: Look forward to it.
0: For our listeners, you can access our podcast on all podcast platforms. And you can also join our Facebook group surviving gun violence, the impact, the agony, the aftermath. We would love to have you as a member. We are 100 members strong as of today. That is a mighty community and we we will make a difference. Thank you again, Thank you. Robert.
2: Thank okay. you. you uh, take care.